Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. So let, let's start off. Just do you want to... Hello. Welcome. Great to great to be seeing you, talking to you. Thank you, Scott. Um, do you want to just start off and give a little overview of like the scope of what you consider your creative practice and the things that you do? Yeah, because um, this is, was the t- is the title of this songwriting specifically or? No, the title um, of this podcast is Sustainable Creativity. Sustainable Creativity, okay, great. Yeah, um, so we're kind of covering the, we're covering <laughs> like the big picture of like, how have you been able to maintain, you know, an active creative practice over probably more than 20 years, I'm assuming. Well, I, I view it as like a lot of them are like chunks of things I'll do for a 10, 15 year chunk of time that kind of, okay. So we know a lot of people in common through the music world of the Bay area, which I was very heavily involved in as a musician, as a promoter, uh, as a journalist at certain points, and then working in record labels. And then we, our co-worker is at uh, another company that is a music streaming media company. And I also started doing stand-up maybe like 12 years ago, uh, you know, around 2010, 2011. Uh, started doing stand-up comedy, sort of something I've been interested in for a long time. Um, I don't know what my practice is at this point. Uh, I've kind of done a lot of different things and I found that they weren't sustainable, uh, which is why I have a job now. But um, I, I tried a lot of different things to make them sustainable and then found that those sort of skills, I think, are transferable to the kind of work I do now, which is sort of like essentially being like, I think my title, my title is like I'm a curator, but I'm like kind of like a metadata librarian without having an MLAS degree. I've kind of just stumbled into this. Just like I know a little bit about a lot of things. And then I've, I'm good at identifying when things are a problem. That's essentially, I think, that's the, the, the through line to my comedy and my work life is identifying when there's a problem. Um, <laughs> but like, as far as my creative practice, I don't know, I really enjoyed doing music. And then I found that like, the, the, at the point where I was trying to be in a band and do comedy at the same time, I just found comedy more rewarding mm-hmm. and then I kind of like fell off, but like, yeah, my roots are very much in music, but I'm just like not creating music right now, but I am like started putting out records again. So I'm like enabling right. other people's music. So I kind of view that as a piece of it. Right. So a bunch of questions for you to follow okay, up. So, yeah, so just, shoot, shoot, shoot. uh, let's start with the last, which is you say that, the kind of the transition into comedy because it was more rewarding rewarding in what way what was what do you mean by rewarding um uh, i was doing maybe one and a half bands at the time i stopped really playing in bands and one of the bands like barely did anything but we were like you know theoretically we had never broken up i guess theoretically we still haven't actually broken up uh which was chen santa maria which is like the sort of improvised electronics for the lack of a better term, like without, you know, I, I noise, like noise band, mm-hmm. uh, which I did with Steve Santa Maria. And so we never really broke up, but the last time we played live was 2014. Um, and then the other band I ha- was in was Common Eider, King Eider, which I had been in kind of, it, it was like, it would go through waves of activity, but I was in it in 2008. And then I basically, I think in 2013 or 2014, I just basically hadn't talked to them in a little bit. 
and then it would be this thing where then I I didn't you know Rob Fisk uh, it was his band it's still his band he does it still he's in Berlin now but it'd be the thing like I wouldn't hear from him for like four months and then I and then he's like hey I booked like five shows in August and this is like May and he's like can you practice every Wednesday to do these <laughs> and also the record's done and 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 like so I'm not on the record and I didn't do any songwriting and you want me to practice every week. And like, I, and I kind of was at this point where I'm like, man, I, I do like this band and I like things about it, but I also found like myself being like, okay, every Wednesday I have to do this instead of going to an open mic and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm air quoting now, honing my craft. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the irony of that is like, I think surely after I left that band, they started like booking all these tours in Europe. And I'm just like, well, <laughs> that sounds about right. That's about <laughs> about right for me. Yeah. But so you were, you were kind of running into the like fatigue of being in a band and you were having, and, and it was more rewarding to do stand up in that you were just, you had more autonomy, you had more, uh, more fun, more ease. I, uh, I'd say in a band, in bands I've been in, it's like you get the attention of the audiences divided three to four ways. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, I get all the attention in this scenario. <laughs> and I liked it then. Now I'm like afraid of it. Um, but yeah, like it was just like, the th part of what I liked about music was writing part about it. I liked about music was performing and, and then sort of like weirdly like doing a lot of the admin aspects of being in a band, which is like doing PR, like, you know, talking to labels, like booking shows, like, uh, uh, and I'm like, I've always, I don't know if I'm good at the admin part of it, or just, I've always been the one that's the most interested in doing the admin aspect of it. But that is kind of like, related to uh other jobs i've had and stuff it kind of came out of that like doing pr mm -hmm. and things like that so um yeah i i just found like a the band situations i was in were not super active um the things i liked about like i liked performing and i was getting all of that in stand-up right. right like it, you get kind of writing and performing both and yeah. you know self-analyzing if you want um you know to look at your material in the same way but um with bands it was like okay i'm not in charge and i have very little say in even like what i'm gonna be doing and i don't know if this is like i feel like i'm gonna invest in like myself mm -hmm. and a lot of like what i was doing around the beginning of like the early 2010s was like i'm just like i need to take all these admin skills i have and apply them to myself and like my own like brand for lack of a better term sure yeah yeah and um and kind of and i also just want to kind of roll back and you 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 sort of referenced sustainability with creative practice um in the context of making a living but i i i want to clarify that like I'm, I'm talking about kind of the greater picture of like just being able to sustain a creative practice, wh whether you're getting paid for it or not. Sure, sure. Um, I'm being literal but, about it. Well, no, but, but, yeah, but maybe but maybe that's part of your definition of sustainability is like, it, it's is it do you are those things wrapped up for you where like if you're not if you're not making money at it, is it hard to maintain the practice? I will say like I've kind of flipped on my whole thought about a lot of this stuff in the last few years at the point where I now am on a salary and no longer an hourly employee. Um, I think I, I did spend a lot of time in my late twenties, early thirties, trying to like figure out, like I viewed it as like kind of like a game or I guess right, like, right. like the capitalism game, <laughs> like, uh, a little bit of a game of like, how do I, and this is before Patreon existed. I basically was like, what if there was a way I could get the handful of people that care about what I do to give me money every, every month or year 
to do the things that I, which was be like a subscription service or something like it's like, I think I do like four or five different things well, but I don't know. I haven't asked for money for a lot of these things. And I haven't like known how much to charge or have like the mentality that I should charge. Um, and then a thing I was doing that should have made money, I never took any money, which was promoting shows. Um, like I'd never really, I basically was like, I have a job. I view this as like kind of community service in a weird way. Right. Um, but then like I was hitting a point in 2010 where I had like spent a lot of my own money to go on a tour of Europe and, you know, taken a leave from my work and then returned home and been like, I have very little money to live off right now. And, but I just kind of had this extravagant vacation that didn't really pay for itself. Like an um, art, art vacation. Art vacation. And I'm just like, okay, like I, in my mind, that was like a goal, like to do, like I never, I'd been to the UK one time and never really done a Europe tour. I'm like, I'm going to do, I did like two Europe tours in like six weeks with two different acts and with a lot of downtime in between shows. I'm just like, I don't know how to do this in a way that makes sense other than as like an art vacation, right? Like I, I, I'm like, I'm not like selling merch. I'm not selling records. I'm not like, uh, I'm spending money on the days off, like, you know, just eating or like having to sleep somewhere. So it was like, I, I, I think this is what I liked. Also, this is the first time I've been gone for that long. So I'm just like, oh man, if I get better at what I'm trying to do, is this, does this mean more of this? Like just not being home, like, you know, eating a lot of cheese and hummus and like, that's even better. And it's better in Europe than it is in America. That's the thing that's fucked up about it. I'm like, Europe's not great, but it's like, it's still better than like American DIY touring. It's so insane. Oh, yeah. um, and I don't know that it's improved in the last 10 years. Um, but like I had gotten to this point where like I had a band that was like active enough that we could be touring like UK, Europe once in a while. And even if we weren't prayed out new records, there was still like occasionally someone would be like, come do a thing. Um, that band broke up around the same time I was really starting to get into comedy. And so then basically I, I was in like four active bands. Then I was down to being in like one and a half bands. And then just, and then I quit my job and then did a bunch of poor decisions in general. And then I was just like, I'm going to take unemployment and spend a year just really trying to become mm -hmm. a good comedian, mm -hmm. which is not advisable. You don't need to quit your job to do that. <laughs> but I just was like trying to land in a better place in terms of like career or, you know, things that I thought were maybe going to lead to more uh in terms of uh that direction like i didn't really know and also being in the bay area is like i didn't even know like what you could attain or what right. you could aspire to in terms of comedy it's like there's two clubs that are owned by live nation and you kind <laughs> of just basically have to like suck up to that world um right which i ended up not even succeeding at doing before i moved to la so mm -hmm. um yeah oh i should <laughs> Just to throw another random thing in there, I randomly booked an acting part in like 2014. So then in 2015, I was just like, oh, I can, there's acting work in the mm -hmm. Bay Area. Right. Uh, very little and non-union work, but it, it, I stumbled into some of it. And then I was just like, I'll be able to do all these things when I moved to LA. And then realizing like, yeah, the, the trick of it is in the Bay Area, they want people like me to be in things because people that look like me have real jobs. Uh -huh. um, and uh, I could pretend to have those real jobs. But um, <laughs> yeah, the, I'm like, oh, so it was a, a little bit in demand as like a guy in an office in like web commercials in the Bay Area. But uh -huh. down here, I'm like, oh, there's way more of me down here. Right, um, right. So. So that, yeah, that's, that was going to be another question I had for you was like, when you kind of give a rundown of what you do, you, you didn't mention acting or podcasting. Oh yeah. <laughs> Cause I haven't <laughs> done a podcast in two months. Um, but you have been doing podcasts for I years and years. For, yeah. For years I've been doing it. Right. Uh, and then acting is relatively new and I, in a weird way, I don't view it as like a 
I, I'm not, this will probably come back to bite me in the ass one day. If I'm just like, <laughs> he doesn't take it seriously. I'm like, I mean, I think it's, it's not like the, a craft that I've really invested myself in as much as it's been sort of like an outgrowth of comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it is actually the most remu- remunerative, remunerative, mm-hmm. one of those words, uh-huh. thing that I, I've done. <laughs> actually, out of everything I've ever done, I'm like, that is like actually the best pay rate of anything right. I generally do. Sure. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm kind of like still like want to be in the game. But I was, I was even, I even like talked to someone recently who's been in it in LA for a long time about like, like, should I take like an acting class? And she was like, are you trying to be like Daniel Day Lewis? I'm like, not really. She's like, <laughs> then I wouldn't bother. <laughs> like, I'm like, you're trying to be like a guy who's like, uh, has a wacky neighbor role on a sitcom, right? You don't need to like, I mean, I probably do need to like take some kind of class just to like, know how to memorize lines but um yeah uh, i don't view that as really a key part of my creative practice okay but right but it's in there in the mix but maybe as a as like a supplemental kind of thing or an outgrowth of other work i mean i love uh tv film and stuff so Mm -hmm. i mean i love i would love to do more work in that world and I, you know, if it came up, I'd like to get good at it, but it's just also the reality of like, you know, I'm a middle-aged, bald, Chinese-American man, and there's not like, if I decided to dedicate my life to like being like the Dustin Hoffman of Asian, bald, middle-aged men, I don't know if that's going to pay <laughs> off. I don't even know if that's a good uh, person to use anymore <laughs> as a reference, but um, yeah. Right, right. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs. A gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Um, so let's roll back to like when you when you s- sort of when you first got into making stuff, for for lack of a better term, creative creative life. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, can you give give a little idea of like how old were you, what you got into, and and what you imagined your creative <laughs> life was going to look like? Yeah. Um, as a young child, the thing that I did the most that got me the most praise or attention or validation was drawing. And that's actually sort of the path I think I, I thought that's what I wanted to do as a young kid. I was like, yo, like there's this guy, Jim Davis. (laughs) He made this character named Garfield (laughs) or even just like political cartoons. Like I, I would just like kind of copy political cartoons without understanding what the political take or joke was. I'd be like, I'm going to draw this version of this caricature. Like I was like, kind of like thinking that that was a valid route to go, which I could have been. I mean, I weirdly like people, someone I grew up with is a very successful uh, comics person now. And like, I know a lot of comics people and that's kind of still a a big interest of mine, but um, I kind of pivoted out of, that into like doing writing and doing fanzines. So I was doing kind of like a lot of the work I was doing, I would say like there's a a third to a a half of what I do is is not generative creative work, but like supportive in some some way it's like supportive 
or tertiary, like it's sort of like criticism or reference to other things. And in a weird way, I kind of feel like a lot of my comedy is also like essentially like cultural criticism. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I think there was like a huge part of that. I don't know, some of that might have come from uh, college or like, you know, going to going to school where I went to school and taking the kind of classes I was taking, which is like American studies at Berkeley. Like it was just like very much like culture criticism. Um, just, you know, <laughs> which is kind of, I don't know. I, I feel like it's sort of the predecessor for Twitter, right? It's kind of like, it's like, it's like me doing medium posts, of, like as school, like it, right. it's just like, what, what's problematic about this? What's pro like, I learned that very early on. That's Which basically is, what college is for me. It's like, what's problematic about this thing? Like a, like an educated way of saying like the Jerry Seinfeld, like what's the deal with, <laughs> I mean, to be, to be straight up, like in terms of like a thing, I, a thing I got out of college. Like I, I had this folklore class, which was, I'm like, he would do that. He would sit there and like break down jokes. Like uh -huh. this guy, Alan Dundee's, he's like in the anthropology department at Berkeley. And it was like, he would like literally do like observational comedy as like anthropology <laughs> and like, oh, that's straight up it. Like he's commenting on jokes as a format. And also what he's doing is observational comedy at the same time. Yeah. Like, a, it, and amazing. just like breaking down or just like looking, he'd be like, look at like a George Carlin bit or something and be like, this is what this is about. It's very Freudian. It's like about this. And like, and I was like that between that and the stuff we were doing, like looking at like film and television, I was just like very much in this zone of like, yeah. And I was kind of like the right age where like, I didn't have the internet in high school, but I did have the internet in college. And I was like, kind of like, coming of age with the internet in this way mm -hmm. of like these things that you, you can aspire to like we're starting to become thing like when i think about like i was trying to explain like, like the job i have now i could not explain that to myself at 18. like <laughs> no what is this job like what is the thing that you do well it's audio on computers that's like radio but then it's also you don't have to go in an office. I'm like, well, you know, that's all everything I would have wanted when I was like 15. So in a weird way, it's like, yeah, like I'm just like, how would I have even explained that to myself? As a yeah. I can't explain it to my mom now. Yeah. I still try to explain to her like what I do. And she's just like, so you guys, uh, you guys buy in, uh, buy in a lot of companies. What are you guys doing? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> that's too inside baseball, maybe for this audience. <laughs> but like, well, I will assume they know you and, and uh, yeah. But um, yeah, so what the what, what was the question? Okay, like my original well, what, thing that I got into creatively, creatively like well, creative like origin point? Kind of a creative origin point, but also like what did you, what did you imagine it would mean to have a creative life, like to have a creative practice over time? Or is okay. that even something that you were thinking about when you were like 18, 20? Were you like, I want to, I know I want to make something. You, maybe yeah. you were getting into music and you were like, what was the image of that? Was it like, I want to be a rock star? Was it, I just want to like have a musical life, you know? I, I um, thought and the, and the kind of the angles I was looking at it was I was not really a musician through most of high school and college but I was like sort of in these, like I said, supportive ancillary mm -hmm. kind of positions. Like I would book the free concerts on the campus. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, kind of like in my own mind, like doing some kind of A&R kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. and, did you uh, feel like that was, that in and of itself was a kind of creative work or did you, did you feel like I'm just helping people who are artists? I did feel like it was creative. I felt like I was, doing some kind of active curating without mm -hmm. having that terminology for right. it. I don't know that like, I I hadn't thought about it in terms of, of a career or necessarily like making money. I just knew I spent more time doing that than I did like studying my mm -hmm. classes. Right. Like, and I think people that do college radio kind of get that as well. Um, I weirdly like did not do the college radio station but I was sort of doing everything that was like kind of equivalent to that kind of thing. Right, um, right. So 
yeah, like I guess it's like, yeah, do you consider a DJ being a DJ a creative practice? It sort of is, sort of isn't, right? It's sort of mostly selection curatorial, but essentially that can become a job if you want it to, or you figure out the right way to angle it and make it a job. Right. Well, job and creative practice are not necessarily interchangeable. But I'm getting, I'm starting to get a thread. So were you like looking, were you, were, were you putting a lot of um, pressure on like making whatever creative work you did so, uh, a career? Um, yeah, I, I will say because maybe because of my background, which is, you know, uh, child of immigrants who typically you know in my a lot of my peers it's sort of like there is these expectations like you're going to go to a good school you're going to become some kind of professional and i had sort of like you know not fallen off that line or like been basically like look it's not going to be that way for me like we all mm -hmm. kind of understand that <laughs> so what is the closest thing to that that feels right and like right. so i and i had i had a lot of um you know i had a lot of weird hang-ups like i didn't like didn't really want to call myself an artist i didn't really think of myself as an artist in those ways or I don't, maybe because i thought it was a little pretentious or because um i yeah there, there was some like hang-up i had about it and mm -hmm. whereas like in retrospect like if i had just like gone pivoted hard into being like, hey, send me to an art school instead. Like mm -hmm. the things probably would have worked out slightly differently. <laughs> and like maybe I would just like, just go do this um, creative stuff as as a wholehearted thing. Mm -hmm. It was always a little bit of like, well, you're not gonna make a living doing this. But then instead of me thinking of an alternative, I just couldn't think of a way to make a living doing anything. <laughs> um, like I literally was like I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing at all and I just know my rent is this much and I just need to figure out some way to keep doing the stuff I'm interested in and you know keep a roof over my head and you know figure it out like I kind of started playing in bands a little bit like maybe I was like 23 24 a bit more and then by the time I was like 25 I kind of felt like I was having my first band What's like a lot of people have that when they're 18 already. So I always felt like mm -hmm. I was like a little bit behind mm -hmm. uh, in terms of what I was doing. That whole time I was also doing like the curatorial type of stuff, like editing right. a zine. And um, I started getting into freelance writing around that time as well. So okay. uh, I did some writing for like some uh, alt weeklies and, you know, occasionally something for spin.com, which was like a super like shot in the dark thing. I just like wrote them through a friend and they're like, yeah, sure. The first time I sent them something, they were just like, okay, so you didn't go to journalism school. These are all the things you, you need to do. You can't just like, just like <laughs> full full of red lines, you know, what, it was over an email, but yeah. Um, but and, like, and yeah. Uh, sorry, and all that time you were also organizing or you have been since college and curating and Yeah, I kind of promoting. did, yeah, I did a lot of that where it was like, I didn't think of it, it just was a thing I started doing and I didn't really have a plan with it. It just was mm -hmm. a thing I started doing. Mm -hmm. And it was like, almost like reality of just being like, oh, um, people need this and they like that I do it and I'm a people pleaser, so I'll keep doing it, mm -hmm. essentially. <laughs> That's kind of a lot of the root of it, yeah. Um, but you clearly must enjoy some part of it or at least find some benefit of it to still be doing it. Yeah, or I mean, I've been doing it for so long. Um, yeah, I, I, I would say, like, I kind of started up again doing that during the pandemic. Basically, I wasn't doing like live performance anymore. And right. I already kind of been talking about doing some record projects and being at the point where I'm like, oh, I could actually do this. And it's not going to, like, I, I can take some risks financially about some of these things. And as long as I enjoy the end product, I'm not going to feel like it was a failure if I didn't, right. you know, make a grip of money on it. Right. right. It's, it's just like the, the, the stability of 
the day job sort of allows me to be a little bit more, I don't know, one could say frivolous, but I'll just say, you know, uh, uh, free about what kind of, I'm like, as hobbies go, mm-hmm. you know, some people get into microbrewing. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm kind of doing that. Right. It's microbrewing, but it's other, it's like promoting other people's, fermenting other people, I guess. I don't know. The right terminology no that's a good that's a, that's a, like a, a hobby yeah yeah so so if you sort of view that part of it as a hobby does would you use the same terminology in, in terms of talking about like your own work or like um, does the does the does having the day job allow you to to remove some of the pressure of your creative work almost so that you can have a almost hobby like relationship to it and i think like maybe that's what i was trying to get at like in my 20s and 30s I was like, this has to be a career or this has to be sustainable in terms, like I was I was probably living in a way that was not generally sustainable. Like when I was like so involved in music that like my day job was working at a record label. I was playing in four bands. Mm-hmm. I was going out five times a week. I was not in any relationships or dating at all. Uh-huh. And I was also putting out my own records and putting out other people's records. And like, so my social life, my fight, my business life, my, uh, you know, creative uh, life, all of those things were so like tied to like what I thought music was. And like, so like there's so many aspects to music, right? But like, it was all, I was like so in it that like it probably couldn't have kept going that way unless mm-hmm. i just was still living in the same apartment right. uh, <laughs> uh you know for 20 years right um so and then i kind of like when i started doing more comedy i kind of almost did like a whole 180 of like then comedy i got my job because of comedy i had i was booking a venue that was a comedy venue i was performing comedy putting on shows like kind of trying to like do all the the parts of the pit you know all the parts mm-hmm. of the the buffalo right like right, comedy. right. Just trying to like absorb as much of every aspect of it as i could um and 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 then i realized at some point maybe that's not sustainable either and now i'm like mm-hmm. at the sort of point where i'm like i do stand up sometimes uh the m- record stuff is like a thing that I enjoy doing that I'd like to figure out how to be better at. And it's just like, look, I've been doing this kind of through before, before downloads and after downloads. So I just kind of like, want to like see what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like because I never went whole hog into it at a certain point, like when like, you know, CDs were like people were trying to make a living selling CDs or anything. I don't have that baggage. Mm-hmm. So it's being like, a little bit of a nimbler thing and being like, wow, it's surprising that I started doing this thing in the nineties. And like, I'm now doing a showcase at noise pop. Uh, and then like friends of mine that had full on legit labels with employees just had to like shrivel up, like and die like nine years ago. So right, it's this weird thing of like, yeah. I kind of wanted to like, you know, what are the bugs that like they can like, or frogs or bugs where they, they dry out and they revive later. Uh-huh. Come. <laughs> right. I was kind of much like, okay, if you're small enough, you right. can outlast some of these bigger yeah. changes than if you were like all in. Like I rely on my income from this. Mm-hmm. Um, so right. I know that you're talking, okay, so I'm going to try to like get, I know I'm getting like more like about like, and it maybe seems crass to be like it, like making a living off something or, or money off. No, it's, I, I'm not. I don't mean to imply that it's crass at all. In fact, I'm, I'm just curious, like how people, how different people conceive of, of you know, what makes something sustainable and, and mm-hmm. what they need for something right. to be sustainable. Um, and so one of the things that I, I kind of heard you talking about there was how going like all in 360. Uh, maybe wasn't a totally sustainable thing for you and that there was is maybe a burnout factor or just yeah. like or even burnout aside like that it didn't allow for um for like other possibilities of like of of survival or something like if this one thing didn't work then the mm-hmm. whole thing collapsed um 
But, um, but yeah, I mean, if, if like, if, you know, sustainability is intertwined with financial health, like that certainly makes sense. <laughs> or like, yeah, like I, I think of it like, you know, there's a lot of areas of being a well-rounded person that also need to happen. And like, I think I've been really evaluating uh, during this whole last two years too. It's been like, I'm like, why do I want certain things or what is driving certain things? And like, like what, really, for example, like, like, okay. The, like, do I want to perform purely? It's about like my ego gratification somehow and being like, okay, well, is that healthy or is that a good reason to do these things? And then just really have to evaluate that kind of thing. And I haven't really landed on a for sure, like, thing about it because it's like i think creative people do have egos right like uh -huh. you kind of do need to have some ego to be like otherwise you're like well no one wants to hear what i have to say right and even like in the last year and a half like everything everything that's all the stuff that's been happening including like you know like the uh, like you know racial justice stuff and stuff it's just like i'm like and, and being around like a lot of people being like, like, um, I don't know whether I should say anything or not because I'm white. I'm like, well, well, I'm not white, but I also don't know whether I should say anything. And like, like those, those aspects of things coming out too, it's just like, are we taking up too much space? Are people that like, like, how do, like, is it a zero sum game or like, how do we give space to other people and then still like do stuff that like we want to do? Cause like most of the stuff I want to do is not for the social good it's purely like something to entertain <laughs> myself um you know so it, uh, i also yeah um i i have not figured it out at all but I, I i was thinking about it like maybe there's things that drive me to do certain performance and it's like that's really more about like it's really is just something for me to figure out for myself, like as a person and not like to put on an audience. Right. And like my relationship to audiences did change a lot. Like basically when I was doing the kind of music I was doing, there was kind of always this, um, this little out you could use of like, well, they, they don't, they just don't get it. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I was in a genre where it's like, oh, if they don't get it, it's not, the thing like it's not comedy if they don't get it right, right? like if it's not funny it doesn't work right it, it, it relies on an audience reaction and i kind of was like a lot of i would say a lot of the stuff i did i did a lot of music i wouldn't say i did funny music but i did a lot of stuff that was like messing with audiences or kind of trolling them mm -hmm. and then i realized at a certain point it's like unless i do that or I, like like what is it the inspiration to do comedy was that the whole time and then when i'm trying to do comedy it's like oh i actually totally real i some comedians are like good about being like i know this is funny fuck them if they don't get it but mm -hmm. I, i'm not there yet i'm still just like well if it doesn't work then i'm not i'm doing spoken word i'm doing i'm doing poetry right. <laughs> i don't know what i don't happening so i'm still at the point where i'm like i need it to do that uh-huh and you know I wish I could be more like have the confidence or like the, you know, the Kaufman quality to just be like, yeah, I'm doing something that's none of you understand. And that's fine. I'm like, no, I'm kind of like, I am trying to do the most populist thing mm -hmm. that is in my wheelhouse of things that I do. Like, I mean, like, I don't expect people to like most people to like um, a 40 minute like drone piece. Right. You know, like right. that's, you know, that you're targeting people have to just buy into that. Mm -hmm. And then for comedy to work it in the most commercial. And again, maybe this is, I'm really digging into like this commerce thing. I didn't really think about it so much, but like, they're, they're sort of like different ideas about comedy. There's some people that think like for comedy, it's like, you know, you have to be able to play every room, right? Mm -hmm. You can't just right. be a club comic or an alt comic, you have to be able to do both things. 
and it's like I've spent a lot of time just being in the the alt world or the weirdo world. And right. It's like to me, it's val. It would be validating to be like, oh, I can be at a club and people. I'll make a joke that like I'll still make the jokes that I want to make is like bonus jokes or whatever. But like mm-hmm. the, I think the, it, the 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 role or the job is different, right? It's a, interesting. There's yeah. a there's a there's a achievable goal for comedy. And I feel like even with like the best music, it's like, is there an achievable goal? Or it's just like you did the thing that you set out to do. And that's whether people got it or not is irrelevant, right? Like I kind of feel like maybe all uh, of it is. I don't, I don't know. I mean, Taylor Swift seems to, you know, like be able to like play all those rooms, right? Or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a really, it's a really interesting point. I mean, I, I hate to, say like one is art and one is entertainment and maybe comedy has this expectation that it you know has to be entertainment first or something like that and music has the freedom to be either or but i don't know i don't know that i like stand by those terms okay yeah yeah no it's i'm maybe creating more of a binary but i mean seeing coming from where i'm coming from like it, it was a bit of a change in attitude. Sure, I mean, to the, to, to yeah, about how I relate to an audience. Yeah, and this was something I, I kind of wanted to ask about because, you know, you you talked about like early on, Matt, trying to think about like putting your creative work in the context of a, a sustainable career, but um, but you've also like made aesthetic choices in a lot of the work that you do that removes it from the commercial, like <laughs> almost you know, as far from the commercial realm as possible, yeah. right? Yes, so like, especially yes. with music. Yes. But I would, I would, you know, like your comedy yes. too is certainly yes. not like Johnny Carson Tonight Show style comedy. Sure. I put out a, a record that is like different noise musicians remixing right. my, my, me talking and exactly. crowd sounds. And it's like, I like the idea of it, um, and I like the execution of most of it. <laughs> but it's I not like it's Flight not, of the Concords or something. <laughs> it is not. It is more like like sound poetry. Right. <laughs> or like what I was thinking about a lot was sound poetry. And weirdly, like, Jeff Foxworthy has, like, music tracks on his on his records. <laughs> Like, so I like literally yours. thought of that. It's like <laughs> Jeff Foxworthy. There's like these songs that are like tags at the end of Jeff Foxworthy albums, which is just like it's like a country song, sure. and then they'll just throw in like little sound bites of like here, you know, here's oh that's that's Ron White. <laughs> I was gonna say here's your sign. I think that's Ron White. Wait, is that Jeff? Fox? Well, like you might be redneck, right? Like like just like little little Jeff Foxworthy isms. Right. Like, Oh, but that's like, that makes sense. Like that's the culture he's from, country music culture. <laughs> right. They also like the country music people like his comedy and they like country music, therefore that. And I'm like, right. oh, the people that know me from all this noise stuff I used to do like noise music. Right. And they may not like the comedy, but they might like the interpretation <laughs> of the comedy as noise music. And like that is kind of like my culture as much as country music is Jeff Foxworthy's culture. Totally. Right. Yeah. So that I'm just like, I know it's a smaller subset of people. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But that's why it came out on a cassette. You know? Yeah. No, I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm not critiquing your aesthetic choices. I'm just questioning the, you know, the, the or, thought, I'm just, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, because I relate, because I, mm-hmm. I graduated, you know, at like 22 from college thinking that I was going to go on to have like hoping and Mm -hmm. and, like deluded into thinking that I was going to go on to have like my financial career was also going to be playing avant-garde music, (laughs) you know? And I like, I believed that and I'm like, yeah, I'll like play European festivals and I'll get grants and and I'm like, what was what was your rent when you're 22 it's like yeah i mean you know and right and and like you were kind of saying like maybe if i had never 
grown out of that $300 like mission apartment yeah and right and never like had a relationship or a family or like owned anything owned a car you know less than 20 years old then like maybe I could have made that work maybe if you could also get on SSI right and 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 if I could have like gotten some incredibly lucky breaks right right, and you know and I mean that's a whole other question uh, because there are like I have some peers that I started with at the same time and they just like did yeah, it and just like right? you know like never mm-hmm. wavered we all know those people when, and they like they're not yeah. rich but they're you know getting written about in the New Yorker or are touring Europe or whatever and and God bless them and they deserve it and there's no you know yeah but um and maybe maybe the issue is more that I just had other things I wanted to do mm-hmm. also right because you got a writing degree yeah i mean like i made i made avant-garde music for a long time and and then i started making rock music and then i Mm. started yeah i got a degree in writing and so i've I've done a lot i've switched instruments i've switched styles i've you know switched mediums (laughs) that's my question for you did you think going from avant-garde to rock was gonna be (laughs) a little bit financially better maybe not financially better but um but but like audience i i did think that there would be more audience but Mm -hmm. as a friend pointed out he's like you went from making the most accessible avant-garde music to making the least accessible (laughs) rock music so that that was at that time but um and i and i do think that in some ways yeah there were certainly more opportunities there were if, if if nothing else there were more places to play but um, mm-hmm. but that, yeah, that's a that's... I, no. I, I, I mean, I, I've kind of thought about it in a reverse way as well yeah. because I was like at a point where I was doing like a lot of like you know fairly pop for being you know underground sure music, and I was like, I'm like, do I need to go to Mills? I like literally had this thought of like, I'm like, it. I'm seeing other people getting stuff that I'm that I would like to get but what what are I like weighing those things out right like because on one hand it's like like what you're saying like there's a way you're more tapped into like the culture when you're mm-hmm. in a more populist form right. and then it, it, you get to a point where like you're like in your 30s and you're just like prestige is nice too or something <laughs> prestigious would be nice like literally being like you know i guess i can say it here because like i've literally been thinking about this thing of like when like you know people get like arts residencies and stuff Mm -hmm. and like it's a point now where like certain certain comedians get arts residencies right and i'm like should is that the way to go like and then am i just doing this because i don't have a better idea or i just have seen (laughs) someone else do it and like well, that's a lot of stuff you do because you see other people do it, right? Like, right. I'm sure, like, even, like, touring Europe, it's like, my friends are touring Europe. I guess I should tour Europe, you know, like, to a degree. Well, I guess that goes back to what I was saying about, like, in this last period of evaluation being, like, what, why do I want certain things? Like, is it kind of a, a FOMO thing? Or hmm. is it pure, like, I, I'm now at this point where I'm, like, going back to the original thing like i like drawing and i do a lot more drawing just because i enjoy doing the drawing and it's like oh it doesn't have to be for a thing but you know the way my brain works i'm also like i guess i could make this into like a t-shirt or something like you know i Mm -hmm. still have like a little bit of that but mostly it's like it's mostly a thing where i'm like or cooking right like i like to cook now right and i take pride in the cooking and then it goes away Right. Right. And then like that, maybe that, that feels to me like maybe more things really are like that because even like, even like the idea of like, you know, Hey, the earth is like pretty fucked. Like what's going to be left? Like, like there's going to be a pile of, of plastic that I made in my life. And then I'm like, like maybe, maybe my friends that all got into food 20 years ago, I didn't get it. And I was just like, I'd rather put out records than make food. And now I'm like, fuck, maybe I should have been making food this whole time. Um, right. Well, so, so like, it sounds like you don't consider making food or even drawing part of your creative practice. 
Um, I consider drawing kind of part of my creative practice, but food making, I like, I feel like if I try to make it part of my creative practice, the way I have traditionally, that means I'm opening a taco stand and then like, and like losing my shirt. So right, I'm like, right. don't do that with this. Just right. do, just do a thing that you like to do to have a good experience and then let us never speak of it again. Right. Like that's, that's your, how I your food now. Yeah. And you're starting to apply that same mindset. Are you saying to some of your other creative work? Or have I'd that like, same attitude? I'm like thinking about scale. I'm thinking like, I'm at a point where I'm like, a lot of the things I do kind of work as hobbies. And I hated saying hobby before because I felt like it meant like, you're not taking it seriously mm-hmm. or you're not like, it, it just felt diminutive, right? Like, cause I was like, right. you know, something like my mom would say like, oh, like, so you're, you're, you're gonna go travel to North Carolina for your hobby and like, no mom is what I do. Right. <laughs> like, I'm like right. still having that kind of argument inside of myself about it. Like, I'm like, right. is this what I do? Um, I, I think like, yeah, like just thinking like, I just keep doing stuff without having real goals, to be honest. Like a lot of the stuff I do doesn't have like real concrete goals. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just now it's like the goal for, me as a comic has like definitely scaled down from mm-hmm. what I thought it when I when you start and you think you're gonna be like again like as much of a delusion as and we can have when they're like 23 and want to be in a band like I was having it like you know 38 mm-hmm. like I'm gonna move to LA and like sure. uh, break into show business as a middle-aged man um <laughs> so but like I don't know I, it, it was a lot sadder a couple of years ago <laughs> <laughs> when it wasn't working out so well and then i was like also like well i kind of moved here to do this and now it's like oh i kind of moved to la to get better at my day job weirdly and <laughs> then now as a result i have more bandwidth to do kind of these creative pursuits that are not the way i pay my rent and mm-hmm. i don't know maybe i'm really hung up on this whole like immigrant thing of like everything you do has to make money, right? Like that's the, the and it's uh, it's kind of like a bummer. Um, and and I, I, I've really internalized it, I guess. And I'm like, really, I haven't been thinking about it too much. And then this it, conversation is making me think about it more. Hmm. Cause it's, it's like, I, it's really, it's really like, I, I never really bought into it but now as I get older, I'm like, I, I, you know, I was like not thinking about, I wasn't even thinking about like, what am I going to do when I'm 40? I had no like real thought about it, you mm-hmm. know, until I was like, oh, I'm 39. Oh shit. You know? <laughs> so like, like things like that, like, I'm just the way, like, I don't own a home or anything. I don't have a car right now, but like, I'm like fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm thinking to myself sometimes even like, do I want to play music again even? Like, is that something I want to do? Like I did a cover band that's like, you get the fun of performing and you get the camaraderie of being in a band, but you don't have to create anything. Right, there's no it's pressure. It's this weird thing. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, 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 do I, maybe I'm just getting to the point where I'm like, I'm, I need to figure out what I'm good at. Um, Cause I've done so much random stuff mm-hmm. where I'm like, I thought I was a good writer, but then I was like, I can't write for a living because it takes forever to get paid and it takes a lot out of me and I'm very slow. Mm-hmm. And so I just can't do this for a living. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of gave up on that. And then randomly out of nowhere, someone asked me to write something like two weeks ago. So I'm like, all right, I guess I'm writing again. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's kind of like, even the way I handled like being in four bands, it was like, what band needs the most attention right now? It's like, it was like this crop circle thing, mm-hmm. right? I'm like, okay, in April, this band has to go on tour. In 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 uh, summer, this band has to record something. In, you know, this band will just occasionally do something now and then. And it was right. like, I was never like firing on all cylinders on one of my bands, right. like wholeheartedly. And like, I feel like maybe, you know, 
it would have been cool to see what happens if I had done that. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do, like even like with doing a label now, it's like there was times I had more time to put into stuff like this. And now I have more money to put into stuff like this. So it's like, let's see if we can balance those out and like be like, hey, what would this look like if it was more, it could be more of its own, if it's of its own thing that's meant to be, right? Uh -huh. Like that's kind of a thought I'm having around that stuff. So that's kind of what that is. It's almost like, you know, whatever fantasy I had about what it was gonna be, I had in the best position to like play that out more. And then like my ego about my own bands getting passed over for things is like out of the equation. Cause I'm like, I'm not creating this music anymore. I'm facilitating other people's stuff. And right. I think I'm good at doing that. So I'm gonna like do that uh, on the side. Right. And so, yeah, I don't know. I have I sustained anything? It's hard to say. It's like sustainability. <laughs> I, I would say like I'm in a total writer's block for comedy right now. So I don't feel like I feel like something major has to shift there mm -hmm. for me to get out of the rut. And again, like it's like a thing of like I have some stuff I can perform and feel like good about performing. I'm not generating a lot of stuff right now. So or like I generate stuff and I feel kind of like, ugh, I feel not great about it. Mm -hmm. But you do you power through and keep at it? Yeah, I mean, I did a show. I hadn't done a, a stand-up set. Like I did this performance stuff. I do this character now, which is like a clown essentially. <laughs> but um, I did a stand-up set where I'm like, oh, I have to talk and talk about my life and make people laugh. And I put a lot of pressure on myself and I went to a bunch of shitty open mics to do it. Mm -hmm. And then I did the show. I'm just like, there's, there were more people at the open mics. I don't know why I put all this pressure <laughs> on myself. And I'm like, but I did it. I'm like, yeah. yeah, I did it. And then I put that down. And I was just like, I told myself I wasn't going to watch The Wire until I did this uh -huh. set. <laughs> and now I'm just like, uh, it, it's like, uh, I, 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 yeah, I need, I need the deadlines sometimes. Mm -hmm. I just mm -hmm. need like an external. Sure. Impetus well, that, that's something that I, I really wanted to talk to you about. And before we run out of time, um, we're already. At the, oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 that's okay. Um, but, but the, the deadline or the external, I, I feel like when I think of you, I think of community mm -hmm. And, um, and, you know, I was mentioning that before we were recording where, like, I feel like, you know, everybody I know times a thousand, everybody I know knows you somehow. Um, and times a thousand, <laughs> like, I know a thousand <laughs> people you don't know yet that you're going to know. <laughs> no, a thousand fold. <laughs> a thousand fold. Okay, yeah. Um, no, but, but, but hearing you talk about sort of, um, doing the facilitative and the administrative or supportive work or commentary sort of always having that be a component of, and, and, and it even has become your job where you're like, you know, the, your actual day job is supportive of other creative work too. Yeah. Um, to what degree does, does being really integral to uh, creative communities um, feed or sustain you? Like, is that, is that, is that something that you're seeking out because um because it feeds you or because it, it nourishes your practice, your personal practice? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, because I have felt like it's taken me a long time to feel that in LA. Mm -hmm. And like, that might be, you know, there's a lot of reasons that could be. Um, I, yeah, I am a social person mostly. I think that's a lot of, where it so it's like just like i get excited i also like collaborations like i really find like things happen in collaborative settings um even at work like i feel like that's the case like i am and that's the thing like certain types of work that are just like very like heads down just like like me writing jokes like i just have to sit by yeah. myself and be with myself and it's, it's not like what I ideally want to do most of the time. Um, yeah, I, I, I 
like find firstly yeah it's just interesting to see what other people are doing i'm interested in other people a lot of people in la are doing like varied type of work um i think of like my friend who he was in la but moved uh back east recently like ethan swan who does a record label used to play in bands as sort of like a curator a researcher and he kind of views all those things as being the same mm -hmm. extension of the same thing mm -hmm. and like i was like oh yeah i never really thought about like how he thinks about it but then he just was like looking at his website he's like i think of these things as all being connected maybe i'm the only one who thinks that and i think like i did have a lot of thoughts about like um you know what my thing is right like and less than i find like when i'm actually doing a bunch of stuff i'm not thinking about it as much it's when i'm like doing less stuff then i'm like what am i like right. what it what it, where do i what am i doing like who am i <laughs> like i'm like if i'm just doing uh something doing a project mm -hmm. i'm 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 pretty project oriented i like to think about projects you get this weird like kind of like you know let down after a project's done sometimes sure. yeah. like it's like i hate that and that that would used to just drive me to be like i got to do another thing right um so i yeah community is important to me um and like i said there was a time like all my whole social life was these things right and now that's less the case i'm a married guy um like there's been a pandemic i don't really <laughs> can't really socialize um but you know it's starting to come back and yeah. it's like been nice to, i've been here like six seven years almost it's like i'm starting to feel like i know people and like all the people i know from different things that like my friends from college my comedy friends my music mm -hmm. friends like i'm like oh like yeah i, I, I kind of know enough i have a community in la i still have like kind of like a california wide community i guess sure but yeah. it's just like i'm not in touch with people the way i used to be when i was like you know touring all the time and like right right that, that stuff um i don't know if that answers what you're saying like like you're saying like is it part of like being an what they say but an extrovert gets charged by interacting with other right. people right and then they um introverts like they're not energized by that it like takes right. stuff it takes out of them and i'm yeah. definitely like i get energized by other people right and maybe right. being totally by myself drains me yeah yeah that, yeah. that makes sense yeah yeah that's cool and so um so part of that is like seeking out that connection seeking out those um opportunities of collaboration in order to charge up for your own work or for your own practice yeah i mean you know? i like um i'm trying to think like yeah like i i know a lot of people that do a lot of different things right like mm -hmm. and and it's always cool to talk to people and then see what they're working on. i'm like i think there's a lot of people like that now i mean uh yeah i mean i, I don't think people maybe some people are so single-minded they just do one thing but i think most people are getting to like the fact that everyone does do a podcast also right no matter what you do <laughs> you also talk about it on a podcast right right so right. like we're all also promoting ourselves right in, in these ways too so right it i man i hope i don't sound like i just am like this attention or i just like no like, no no, like no he no. just likes to get attention all the time that's like a big issue i'm like trying to work on it myself <laughs> but um no and in i mean fact, yeah I, I like your how candid you are about the fact that like that's part of why we do this, you know? Um, and that, uh, yeah, I mean, there are certainly people that don't, there are people that just make work in their bedroom and they have no um, investment in sharing it with anybody else and God bless them. Um, and we don't know that they We don't exist. know about them yet. <laughs> we find your Henry Dargers, you know, people right. like that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I love those people. I love the weirdo <laughs> people that are just like, oh, you just did this you did this for yourself. like my friend is doing a you've met my friend um i'm not going to say his name right now but he um he made a whole like uh basically 
fan fiction, like per, very well sound designed, like a uh, pod. It's, it's, he's not calling it a podcast. It's like a radio. It's an audio play. Wow. He's doing all the voices. He did the sound design and he's like, it's fan fiction. So he can't commercially release it anywhere. Right. Because right. it would be copyright violations. He can't make right. money off of it. It's become, <laughs> and I'm like, I was just at a, I'm, I was just hanging with a few friends. And we were like, we'd all, we'd all heard it. He'd played it for all of us. And we're just like, it's pretty good. He does wow. a good job. That's but awesome. He can't, he can't sell it. He can't <laughs> like commercialize it at all. It was made purely in this like, this this fan way. So will he will he wind up just giving it away or won't even share it at all? Man, I don't know. I gotta talk to him about it. It's like <laughs> it's it's also pretty obscure because it is like a fan fiction. It has like to do with a lore of like uh-huh. uh, an IP that he does not own. <laughs> so but it's just like i'm like honestly just i'm like use it as a demo for other stuff uh, you want to do because like yeah. you put this is what you care about and you put yeah. so much work into it it's just like you just need to do a version of that but with your own thing that's awesome yeah um yeah <laughs> well i don't want to take up more of your time uh but it's great talking no happy to talk to you maybe i when i start podcasting again you should come on our podcast and talk about a documentary you want to talk about because that's mother show yeah. it's a documentary show literally like we just took a break and then like my co-host has like been coughing like for oh, a month God. not covid but okay. um so we're gonna try to record before the end of the end wow. of the year but that changes afoot over there too cool yeah well um i hope that all goes well i hope that you get that going again and uh Just keep doing what you're doing. You too, man. Thanks. It's great to talk. Yep. Good talking to you. Thanks. Take care.